Welcome back to the Stuttering Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and today is Newsline Thursday for week seven of the NFL season. What Newsline Thursday is, is I go through the news from Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday morning. So, voila, let's get right into it with something that broke this morning, and that is Yannick Nagakwe to the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, just months after the Vikings traded for Nagakwe. For Nagakwe, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, by the way. I'm not trying to, like, yeah. But, yeah. Months after they got this guy, an all-pro caliber D-end, months after trying to get out of the Jaguars, he goes to Minnesota, an already very talented team. Minnesota starts off playing like shit. But, but, but Nagakwe... Five sacks this season. Only seven other players in the league have five or more sacks, and the Vikings just got rid of him for a third and a fifth after trading a second and a fifth for him. Why? I I get if you don't want to pay him, but why would you trade him to the Ravens? Why would you bolster that team even more than it already is? Now the Ravens have Matthew Judon, Calais Campbell, Yannick Nagakwe, and Derek Wolf on that D-line. Why would you bolster them any more than they're already bolstered? I don't get that. That does not make much sense to me. Like, oh, that does not make much sense to me. Like, you trade them to a bad team, not to Baltimore. <laughs> like, that's, like, that is one of the few teams that has an already incredible pass rush that you have to stay away from. But you just gave them more. I don't get that. But but from the Ravens' point of view, they're getting Yannick Nagakwe for a season. They're looking damn good. They 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 fleece the Rams for Marcus Peters. They fleece the Jaguars for Calais Campbell, and they just fleeced the Vikings for Yannick Nagakwe. They have. Fl- Every time a veteran or just a super talented player goes onto the trade market, the Ravens are always there, and they always get them. It's something that just works for Baltimore. You just got this guy. From the Vikings' point of view now, you just got this guy, and he's already out of the door. That's bad culture. There is a bad culture in Minnesota. I don't know if it roots in coaching. I don't know if it roots in ownership or the or potentially the quarterback. But there is a bad culture there, and that's what this trade shows the most to me. The Ravens get an A-plus on this deal because they're getting Nagakwe for a season, and he is going to continue to feast. And the Vikings get, and the Vikings get an F because you just got this guy, and he already wanted out. There's a trash culture there. There is a terrible, terrible culture there. F. I don't care if you got a third, third, third and a fifth. Oh, you oh, you got your fifth round pick back, which you had to drop from second to a third. I don't care. That's terrible. That is terrible. Moving on to Tua Tagaviola starting for the Miami Dolphins from here on out. The Dolphins are 3-3 three and three currently with Fitzpatrick, and Fitzpatrick is 12th in passing yards, and the offense is scoring 26.7 points per game 
which is 14th in the league. Their team is looking good. I get that this is heartbreaking for Fitzmagic, but at the end of the day, you drafted this guy with the fifth overall pick. You gotta see what this guy's like. I get how I get how heartbreaking this is for for Fitzpatrick because it's not his fault. He is playing very well and he is leading their teams to wins. They have won three of their last four games. But this has obviously been the plan all along, no matter what. Just wait until there's a bye week. So you have two weeks of preparation with Tua. And now he's going to be as prepared as possible going into his first career game. And, well, it's a good plan. You don't think Tua's ready because he's already still still kind of banged up. You have Fitzpatrick, who's a fine quarterback for the time being. It's a good plan, but it does suck to hear what Fitzpatrick was saying and just knowing that this was a season that he was playing really well in and leading their team to wins, especially after last season's whole Josh, Josh Rosen roller coaster. So I get that this is terrible for them, and this should not have been an easy decision considering the team is 3-3, three and three, they are in the playoff race, and the offense is doing just above average. But you drafted this guy with the fifth overall pick. You took a gamble drafting him with the fifth overall pick. They want to play it safe. You wait, you, you wait till your bye week, and then you, and you start to get this guy prepped. I'm a big fan of Brian Flores myself, so I'm just going to trust him on this one. Hopefully Tua can show out the second half of this season and Fitzpatrick can continue to teach Tua because obviously he's been doing that so far. And hopefully Tua can just live up to the expectations because I like Tua. He's a good quarterback, and he seems like a good guy too. Moving on to the A-B rumors, Antonio Brown one of the most talented receivers I've ever seen. And after his whole roller coaster after his whole roller coaster downward spiral out of the NFL, um he has an eight game suspension. And after this eight game suspension is over, it is rumored that the Seattle Seahawks are interested in getting Antonio Brown. And he would be a fantastic addition to that wide receiver core that already has one of the best young wide receivers in DK Metcalf and has a guy in Tyler Lockett who's super, super underrated. But I don't think this is a good move for Seattle. I I don't see why you would do it. When you are 5-0 and and your problem is your defense, okay, when, when your defense is the problem – your passing game is actually your main strength. It is the strongest part of your team. You bolster the defense. The, the passing game is already perfectly fine. When your problem is the defense, you go for defensive players. So, they probably should have went for Yannick Nagakwe. Not A.B., you bolster the defense. You don't add a diva wide receiver who has just that whole Raiders saga where the whole helmet situation, then the leaked call of John Gruden where John Gruden is just like, listen, dude, we want you. That was all such a shit show. Like, 
I do think Seattle has a very good culture, and Russell Wilson and Antonio Brown would be one of the most talented quarterback wide receiver duos of all time so easily. But why take that gamble when your team is 5-0? and There is a fantastic culture there of winning no matter what your talent level is. And I do think that is a that this is worth a workout plus an interview because this is Antonio Brown, for God's sake. He is fucking incredible. But I don't think this is worth it for Seattle. I think you're winning games. And your passing game is not your problem at all. Your defense is your problem. Try to bolster the defense. Try to make some calls. I do think a better suitor for Antonio Brown would be the would be the Chicago Bears. The Bears have an offense which is below average. They are currently 5 and 1, but I think everyone knows that they're not really a great football team. They're a, they are a good football team. They have a great defense, but their offense not so great. And their number one wide receiver currently is Allen Robinson, who is doing really, really, really well this season. I hope the Bears pay the man because he deserves it. And you add Antonio Brown when it is clear your team needs more offensive help. They need offensive weapons to help veteran quarterback Nick Foles. If this happens, you have Allen Robinson. A.B. and Anthony Miller as your wide receiver trio. And then at running back, you have David Montgomery. Honestly, that's a good offense. That is a good offense. And A.B. and Allen Robinson, that's a scary duo for any cornerback group. That is something that a lot of teams would have nothing for. Absolutely nothing. And I do think that the Chicago culture the one that they're trying to build right now, can, can potentially just quiet Antonio Brown for just a few months. Just a few months. Because honestly, it's incredible what Pittsburgh did for y- years, seasons on top of seasons, just quieting Antonio Brown and not letting it really get just like get to the public how much of a diva this, this guy fucking was. So it is... Very, very unlikely that he goes to Chicago, but I do think that Chicago would be a great place for Antonio Brown. Now to the third team. We have mentioned Seattle. We have mentioned Chicago. Now to the team I think he's actually going to go to, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are a top suitor for Antonio Brown since there has been some previous rumors. I think he had a workout with Lamar Jackson. And, uh, yeah, the Ravens have a weaker passing game. They have a cousin in Hollywood Brown that is Antonio Brown's cousin, and you get to play Pittsburgh twice. I'm sure A.B. wants some vengeance on Pittsburgh. He seems like that type of guy, and you get to play them twice. That has to be enticing for him. That has got to be. I think he'll go to Baltimore. I think Baltimore is building this one-year fucking super squad, and then then they're just going to deal with the free agency shit from there in the offseason. 
but I think they're just trying to build this super squad now to to get over the Chiefs hump, which I think they can do. So I think he so I think when he comes back, he will go to Baltimore and he will light it up there. But I think he should go to Chicago. I think it's a safe bet for both Chicago and Antonio Brown. So, yeah. Moving on to the Raiders offensive line situation. Starting O-tackle Trent Brown, former highest paid offensive lineman of all time, was placed on the COVID reserves list and the rest of the starting O-linemen were sent home due to like trying to figure out that contact tracing stuff. I'm not too... Like, I'm not very well-versed on contact tracing. So, yeah, bear with me here. But not having your entire starting offensive line would seal the game against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay already has a pass rush that is very good, and Jason Pierre-Paul is third in sacks, which I did not know before, like, researching this. So that's kind of crazy. And, yeah, this this would just give Tampa the win. But the but the other four starting offensive linemen, if they test negative, it takes five days for them to come back. And since and since they were sent home on Monday, they can come back on Saturday and be able to play in time for Sunday night football's game, which I hope they do because I want to watch that game and I want to watch the Raiders coming off of a bye week, coming off of a huge Chiefs win play against Tampa, who just had their big win this season, that would be really cool to see. So I hope that the offensive linemen, I hope that they're all healthy, and I hope they all come back. Trent Brown, um, I don't think he's going to come back, obviously. I mean, he's he is kind of the guy that's on the list here. So, um, yeah, hopefully everything's all good there. I would love to see the other four come back, and obviously I would also love to see Trent Brown come back. But, you know, realistically speaking, it's most likely not going to happen. So, yeah, moving on to the last subject. That is Thursday night football preview. We have got an NFC East powerhouse matchup. Two one-win teams dogging it out. And that is the Philadelphia Eagles, basically a hospital going up against the New York Giants, who just, you know, talent really doesn't exist there. So we're, so we're looking at this game. The Eagles, like before, were already injured enough. And they just lost Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders, arguably their two best offensive players besides Carson Wentz. And, um, yeah, that's kind of it. That's a huge blow. I get they're getting back to Sean Jackson and Lane Johnson, so that is good for Carson Wentz. Now he won't be scrambling for his life, hopefully, because I get the Carson Wentz hate train because I don't think he's this great quarterback that some say that he is, but I don't think he deserves any hate this season because this is like dude like none of this is his fault absolutely none of it ever since before week one their entire offense has just been hurt and he's been running for his life none of this is Carson Wentz's fault absolutely none like you could say last season you could dog him last season you can dog him the next season but this season hell no no 
this is not Carson Wentz's fault. But um, yeah, the Eagles are not healthy, and when you look at the Giants, the Giants just aren't very good. So this is not a good game. This this will honestly be a good game. It will be a close matchup, but just from like talent wise, this is not a good game. And um, I think the Giants win this one. I really do. I think with Darius Slayton coming back, I think Evan Ingram's going to have a day because they're playing Philly's defense. But, uh, yeah, I think Carson Wentz, with with just losing Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders, I don't, I don't see who he throws to besides Travis Fulgham, who will have a good day. But, I mean, Carson Wentz, he, he, he can't do this without a rushing game, and I don't consider Boston Scott to be a rushing game. So as this will be a very close game, and as I understand the New York Giants are terrible at football, and Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones both love to fumble the ball, so this will be a fumble-heavy matchup, um, I give it to the Giants because I just think the Eagles are just, they're so banged up. <laughs> they're so banged up, and the Zach Ertz, Miles Sanders injuries kind of put the nail in the coffin there. I think that this is just bad. This is really <laughs> this is really bad and I honestly don't get what it I don't get what went into scheduling this game to begin with. Like I get that they do like like some like divisional games on um Thursday night football like they had the Browns uh Bengals matchup I think week 2. But I don't get what went into this shit to begin with. That was a stupid idea. But yeah, that's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed this, share it with your friends. If not, share it with your friends. Follow me on Twitter at stutteringprods. That's stuttering P R O D S. And Instagram at that guy who likes. Wait. Yeah, sorry. And Instagram at that guy who talks about the sports. I get confused about what the name is. So, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Um. Yeah, I'll be back Saturday for for uh, predictions. Have a good one.